This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's On May 24th, 2023, Tina Turner, the iconic queen of rock and roll who dazzled millions of fans with her electric performances for more than six decades, passed away after a long illness at the age of 83. Always a vibrant and singular presence in music, the Ike and Tina Turner Review turned out memorable hits like Proud Mary, River Deep Mountain High, and Nutbush City Limits. It was her incredible comeback in the mid-80s after enduring years of abuse at the hands of her ex-husband, Ike Turner, that inspired a whole new generation of fans and allowed her to transcend from a music icon to a living legend. Her story became one of the most well-known in music history after she first wrote about her remarkable life in her 1986 autobiography, I, Tina, which was then adapted into a 1993 biopic, What's Love Got to Do With It?, starring Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne. She left Ike in 1976, running away from him after a physical fight en route to a hotel in Dallas. She fled on foot with just 36 cents and a gas card in her pocket and literally hid at a Ramada Inn across the freeway. When their divorce was finalized, she walked away with little more from Ike than the stage name that made her famous. She spent the last four decades as this living legend and her list of career accolades is really second to none. She was the first black artist and first female artist to be on the cover of Rolling Stone in 1967. She ranked among the 100 greatest artists and singers of all time. She was twice inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first as part of the Ike and Tina Turner Review and second as a solo artist. She was the first artist in the UK to have top 40 hits in seven consecutive decades. She sold over 100 million records worldwide and 10 million albums. She won 12 Grammy Awards and even won an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actress in a Motion Picture for her memorable role in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. News of her death immediately reverberated throughout the world of music and entertainment, and the tribute shed a lot of light on just how big of an impact she made during her life. Mick Jagger, the lead singer of the Rolling Stones, said, I'm so saddened by the passing of my wonderful friend Tina Turner. She was truly an enormously talented performer and singer. She was inspiring, warm, funny, and generous. She helped me so much when I was young, and I will never forget her. Sierra said, heaven has gained an angel. Rest in paradise, Tina Turner. Thank you for the inspiration you gave us all. And Magic Johnson said she created the blueprint for other great entertainers like Janet Jackson and Beyonce, and her legacy will continue on through all high-energy performing acts. You know, we traffic a lot in hyperbole in the news business, but there's really no way to overstate the importance of Tina Turner in music history. She was simply the best. I'm Derek Kaufman. I'm Eric Colley, filling in for Jason Beckerman, and this is Last Days, Tina Turner. So, Eric, I had you on the podcast, both because Jason's out and because you're our music expert. And it's difficult to categorize Tina Turner because her career was really singular. There was no career like it. And I wanted to sort of break down how that 
career really unfolded from the early 60s with Ike Turner through the divorce and then the comeback in the 80s. So what was going on in the 60s? How did she fit into that milieu? You had Motown going on, you had rock right. history, and then you had the well, Ike and Tina Turner review. She predates that a little bit. Ike and Tina's first hit was in 1960, a song called A Fool in Love. Uh, I could come up in the 50s with a guitar player and played on Rocket 88, which is considered the very first rock and roll song. So Ike was there at literally the birth of rock and roll music. He's up there with the Chuck Berries of, of yes. music history. Yes. Uh, you know, all the problems with Ike, you know, aside for just a second, you do have to give him that place in music history. And But, of course, the greatest thing that happened to him was meeting Anna Mae Bullock, who was Tina. Tina Turner. Tina Turner's real Tina. Name. And uh, their first hit was in 1960. It's a song called A Fool in Love. And it's, it, it, you know, it's that very much that late 50s, early 60s. But there's still this energy to it that none of the other songs at that time had. It's funny when I listen to it, it almost sounds like her voice is a little overmodulated in places. And I think it's because the microphones at that time could not capture the power of her voice. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating by saying that. It sounds like the mic is like, I can't handle how powerful your voice is and the way you're belting this out. You're just a fool. You know you're in love. What you say? You got the face to let hey, 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 You take the good, but I'm hey, not the bad. Hey, sometimes hey, you're happy and sometimes you're So that was, you know, early 60s. Did she always have that signature? I think of her in the 80s with sort of a rasp to her yeah. voice. Or was was early Tina sort of the similar kind of sound? Right. Or did it change really in the no, 80s? Her, that, that's what's amazing about it is she seemed so fully formed from the very beginning. Like, if you listen to that song, you just hear that voice, and it immediately sounds like nothing else from the early 60s. And music was just trying to catch up to where she already was. And, yeah, as the 60s progressed, they became huge. In the early 70s, Proud Mary was their biggest hit. And, and not just the vocals, but the, the performance, which is a lot of her legacy, too. You know, famously with the Ikeettes, the backing dancers, with that uh, the fringe dress twirling and dancing and just like a mad woman. It was hypnotic to watch her perform. It's incredible. You watch some of that old footage, and I often think, you know, she did so many different genres of music so well, but as you pointed out, she was there at the beginning of rock and roll, and a lot of those early numbers, they're just uh, exuberant. They're on stage, and those right. the, the, the dresses are flying everywhere, um, and I think that's her most indelible impact. You talk about someone like Beyonce. We were talking before we even jumped on the podcast. The movement she does, the things in single ladies where she's sort of moving and doing those kind of dances, they're not necessarily just derivative. I'm not saying she's copying I, uh, no, Tina it, Turner, but it clearly comes from that lineage. She wasn't copying, like Beyonce's not copying Tina's moves. It's the energy and the drive and the passion in that performance, the things that make a great performer a great performer. Tina had all of that, and there weren't, I, I honestly, I can't think of any female performer before her who was like that. Even like, you know, Billie Holiday didn't dance like that. Like, there, there wasn't a female artist. Patsy Cline wasn't doing those kind of things. Yeah, I wanted to situate her. So uh, this is around the same time as Motown, and you had the Supremes and bands like that who could sing, and they did these, you know, big, you know, sort of grand productions, but they weren't really dancing and moving and sweating no, on they, stage like Ike and Tina. They it were in the different. ball gowns and like the, the fancy evening gowns and things. It was There's an elegance right. to them. That was a different kind of influence. But yeah, Tina was gritty and, and just flamboyant and boisterous from the beginning. And there was no, you could not ignore the woman. Right. Uh, they they were just sort of like so full of energy, and that really would have been a Hall of Fame career unto itself. You yes. have to understand that Ike and Tina Review were a big deal before this whole 80s comeback. But what's interesting about her life was what happened after that, because behind the scenes, she was involved in this 
destructive, very, very abusive relationship with Ike Turner, who was a monster. I mean, no one no one has gone back in history and tried to really reclaim Ike. Some people look at his music and say he was very important to rock and roll right. history. No one tries to redeem him as a person. He was a monster. He beat her viciously. Um throughout their their time together and all the singers if you've ever seen sort of the movie or read the book i tina they were sort of supportive but powerless to sort of intervene in a lot of in a lot of ways and and she endured this for a number of years i mean decades until she could take no more and that is so much a part of what her legacy is as just a performer she is one of the undisputed all-time great performers and her songs are iconic and legendary and will live forever but it's who she was as a person and what she did Who in the mid-70s was coming out about domestic abuse and she fought Yeah, and she divorced him and the only thing she wanted was her name because Ike could have laid claim to keeping the the stage name Tina Turner. Absolutely. She's like, I have earned that name and that is what I want. And she didn't go after a lot of money. She knew that she just needed that name. She knew she had sort of the confidence in her own abilities to sort of leave that marriage and just take the stage name and build a whole other career after Ike. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. What's interesting in, in about the divorce, so it happens in 1976, the narrative about what a marriage should look like um, in the 50s and 60s is very different than the way we talk about marriage and domestic violence now. And I think she's the face of that. Uh, You know, I grew up in the mid 80s and she was the face of a survivor of domestic violence in a way that had never really been seen before. And And she was so proud with the big hair and sort of fearlessness. And she was really into Buddhism at the time. All that stuff that we think of, um, you know, sort of survivors talking about domestic violence. That's really Tina Turner started that in the 80s. Right. And, and you know, so much for me, you know, being the age we are and when we grew up and stuff. And this is to the point of how big she was in that comeback is that Ike and Tina, as you said, were a game changing Hall of Fame act. And she, as a solo artist, kind of rendered that a footnote. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I, I had heard, I guess, of Ike and Tina, but it was her. It was she her. She was the star when What's Love Got to Do With It hit. Uh, this, the build up to that, it's kind of funny because, you know, as you said, the divorce was 1976. Her comeback hit in 84. So you've got that eight years in between that was really rough for her. And there was a period in the very early 80s and the late 70s where she was singing in hotel bars and things. Like, it, it was it's sad. Re- it's remarkable to think of because to, to us who grew up in the 80s, she was a huge icon, but she was sort of written off after, after the divorce for a little yeah, while. Yeah, and you know, music had changed a lot. She was doing like disco covers and things, just trying to scrape by and make a living. And it's hard to imagine a hotel bar stage containing Tina Turner. But uh, there was, there was an, an 80s British group called Heaven 17. They were big in Britain, not that big in America. But uh, two of the guys from that group saw her performing, and they were like, what are you doing here? She's like, she's like, I'm singing. And like, you're Tina Turner. Like, we, we want to work with you. And that was what led to her comeback album. Wow. 
uh, people forget the actual first song, the, the Al Green song, Let's Stay Together, Tina did a cover of that. That hit number 22 in 1984 and sort of got her toes back in. Radio was playing her again. It's like, oh, yeah, remember Tina Turner? Yeah. And then What's Love Got to Do With It was the second single. Shot to number one. At the time, she was the oldest woman ever to have a number one hit. She was only 44, but, you know, pop stardom is not a, a game for people past 30 usually. And it's incredible. Her, her covers are incredible, right? She oh, yeah. covered the Credence song, uh, Proud Mary, correct? I mean, I think of it as an Ike and Tina song. I think point. of it. I think most people think of the version that Ike and Tina sang. They don't think of uh, the rock and roll Credence Clearwater uh, version, even though that's a famous rock band in history as sure. well. They have a very famous version of the song, but she made everything her own. I'm sure she did it with the Al Green song yeah. as well. Um, the, the 80s, I, I want to talk about like sort of sort of how big she became because we've talked, Ike and Tina were very influential. They were there, the dawn of rock and roll. But what Tina Turner did in the mid 80s was really find her stride. And on the Billboard charts, she started actually like charting and becoming a pop star. She was, a, I mean, she and it wasn't just like a, a fluky, oh, she had this one hit comeback. She launched a whole new career that That's was crazy. bigger than the one she'd had before. Because, you know, she had What's Love Got to Do With It, Private Dancer, Better Be Good to Me, Simply the Best. Uh, you know, We Don't Need Another Hero from Mad Max. And she was middle-aged. She was yeah. middle-aged at that time. She's known for, obviously, these great legs. That was uh, what Tina Turner is as known for her legs as Dolly Parton is known for her chest. <laughs> it's just that there are certain, certain characters in music history and what they become sort of iconic for. The legs were everything with Tina Turner. And she leaned into that icon status in the 80s. The, the decade sort of looks like her. So so right. she was in this movie, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, which is a series with Mel Gibson, if, for people who don't know. And in the 80s, they had a, a, a version of the movie or a sequel in the movie where she plays that character with the huge hair. Right. And Tina Turner's big 80s hair sort of defines the excesses of the decade. But she was always... It was just, like a lion's mane. It was like a mane. It was so right. powerful. It was regal. She's a big sort of like... She's sort of a villain in the movie. And it's just become... One one of the most indelible performances. And I always think about it because Harvey always talks about, you know, the world is obsessed with youth. And she was doing this after her youth. I mean, she was a middle-aged right. woman at the time, but she seemed so fierce and vibrant throughout. And I never think of Tina Turner as getting old. I mean, we no. just saw this biopic a couple years ago on HBO where, yes, yeah, she's an older woman. She's in her 80s, uh, but she never looked it. She, she no. always sort of seemed vibrant and very youthful. And it, it's just a very, very sad day to think about uh, the loss of Tina Turner. Right. And, and, you know, and when she thought, like, maybe I'm getting a little too old for it, she retired. That like, was it. There was no you know, big to do. She's just like, I'm just going to go live in Switzerland and enjoy my life. And Eric, even just a few years ago, Tina Turner had a musical on Broadway. You know, a lot of musicians, you know, there's the Billy Joel one moving out. I think Queen had a had, right. had a musical. She got in on the action uh, with a musical on Broadway that was absolutely incredible. Right. And that was the first time a lot of us had seen her in, uh, in a while yeah. because she was off just enjoying her life. And she came back to New York to for the premiere of the show. And looked spectacular. It's like, well, that's Tina Turner. And I always thought that the person having to fill her shoes in a Broadway musical, impossible. Uh, the, the woman ended up doing a very good job, but Tina Turner is one of those singular talents. She moved so well. She had the booming vocals. How could you possibly find all of those attributes in a single person? Um, and the catalog was so deep. So that was the thing with Tina is you could watch a musical about her because you know so many of the songs. Even if you're not right. a big Tina Turner fan, it was, uh, even if you're not a big Tina Turner fan, it's sort of the soundtrack of the 80s. You have all the 60s hits as well. So it can really sort of fill out a musical. And I thought it was wonderful that she 
stayed relevant each and every decade. I think of a very few artists that could do that. Maybe right. Cher is another sort of person who comes to mind. Rod but Stewart, maybe. Rod but, Stewart. But when you're in that category, you're in rarefied air. And, and it's funny because, she, like you said, Tina never seemed old. Even though she's, you know, now passed at 83, she, I don't think of her as being an old woman. Yep. And now that she's gone, you kind of want more. And, you know, maybe that's what, you know, she is a great performer till the end. She leaves you wanting more. I thought the best way to sort of end this podcast is, you know, she made Angela Bassett kind of really famous. Angela Bassett is an accomplished actress in her own right. She is uh, hugely talented and deservedly so. That was a breakthrough moment. But that was a breakthrough moment when she played Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It in 1993. And I wanted to give her the final word of the impact of Tina Turner's story on her own life. For me, Tina, um, I mean, I've just benefited from her the telling of her story so in so many ways i i humbly see how my life has mirrored hers and for it to have been you know connected as it was in the making of her story in the movie uh she will always be in my heart reside in my heart and you know as a as family